This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato and have Anne Douglas from Community Waikato also here with me today. How are you, Anne? Good, thank you, Holly. And we're going to talk about boards today. Uh, not board as an on board, but board as in governance. You know, uh, we wanted to give people a bit of a sense about if you're thinking about being on a board or maybe you've just started on one and you're wondering, is this normal? You know, or any of those sort of questions, hopefully. And by sharing some of our own experiences, um, people might get a bit of a sense about, um, you know, answer some of their own questions and, and think about how they might want to do things, how they might want to govern. So, Anne, tell me about the first board that you ever joined. How long ago was it? Uh, it was about three years ago, and uh, it came about because in my role as the finance manager and an advisor at Community Waikato, I had worked with this entity for a number of years around financials and budgets and ab- observed that they really didn't have uh, some skills on the board that they probably needed. And knowing that from our work at Community Waikato, of course. So I moved into the area and determined that I couldn't just sit at home and drink wine every night, Holly, (laughs) Uh, and that it was about time I gave back. So I put my hand up and before I knew it, I was treasurer. Of course. So (laughs) that made sense to me, of course, because that is my background. Um, However, I think also just knowing... um, the need to have people put their hand up and give time to entities to help them get stronger and deliver the services they want to deliver. Uh, So yes, before you knew it, I was on there and there was lots to fix um, and lots to do. um, And lucky uh, in my role, I have that capacity, and obviously Holly is my boss, gives me the capacity <laughs> and the board, of course. Of so course. we've got a wonderful board at Community Waikato who allow us the flexibility to contribute in that way. So, yes, yeah, so came on and uh, just started working in the area I knew, uh, but we also got some other good governors on as well, other people that knew yep. the neighbourhood uh, who had different skills, so had some HR skills, probably had some... Um, policy development skills and, um, you know, trying to get people from the area that could um, make change and and give time yeah. to to affect what was happening and uh, you, for the entity. And so when you're talking about people from the area, it's because it is a place-based organisation. That's and, right. And I think that's quite critical. Yes. So it's like if you were perhaps a disability organisation, yes. having people with lived experience is quite important to Absolutely. have around that table, eh, making Absolutely. decisions. And, you know, we were delivering our services to uh, a low socioeconomic area, uh, so it was really integral for us to also get representation from schools and people who know uh, that community and know those neighbourhoods. Do you have anyone who l- lives in poverty? We have lots of people that live On in the poverty. Board. Um, Just out of curiosity. 
I think there are people that, yes, I think there are people that struggle that sit on the boards, so they do have an understanding. I think that is quite a unique insight, Absolutely. eh? Because I was going to say, we've all been there. Perhaps not everybody has, but many of us have been there, and it's quite different when you're living in it. And I think as you... If you're fortunate enough to to end up yes. in a in a well paid job yes. and you know own your own home and various things like that, you know even though we've lived it, it's quite a long time ago, and I, I think agree. you lose some of the the anxiety of what it is to live yeah. on the edge. And, and I suppose um, we wanted um, the board to be made up of people who, even if they didn't have the experience, they had the empathy for yes. the people in our communities, and. Um, don't get pulled into the rhetoric that is yep. quite often surrounds um, our um, our more challenged uh, communities. Yeah. Uh, so we were very lucky that we we are we have a really fantastic board at the moment who are made up of people who are there to try and make change and affect um, yeah. what is happening. So yeah, we've been very lucky. That is really fortunate. Yeah, my first board was. I think probably the late nineties. Wow, so it's going back a long way. Yeah. I, was, I was in my twenties, yeah, um, and it was an animal charity. Yes, yeah. So I'd seen that they'd put out a call for help, and um, so I thought, oh, I'll, um, I'll donate some stuff. So I did that, and of course, when I handed it to, I got talking, and <laughs> I ended up you on were the there. board. Yeah. yeah, and then I ended up as the chair. I know, <laughs> you and, know. I, and I think you know, coming onto boards sometimes, um, you, you know, it's that. Um, there's a lot of work to be done if the entity is challenged yeah. in whatever way. Uh, and I suppose as a governor, it's it's remembering, you know, when you're going to get into operations. Yes. So when you're a governor and when you're actually a worker. So, so for me, I have had to be very careful walking the line when we're nurturing the new the new staff and the new people mm. in the um, organisation to know when I'm there to support them. Uh, and when I'm being a governor, yeah. because I think there's a real danger for many boards. They become operational when they shouldn't. Yeah. So you've got to know when when you're wearing what hat. Yes. Does that make sense? It certainly yeah. does. And there are life cycles too. Yes. You know, when you get a new um, manager, or yes. a, yeah, then there often is a little more involvement from yes. the board as, as they're inducted into that role. Yes. But you know the you know the flip side of that is when you've ended up with a manager who's potentially been there 10, 15 years, whatever, yes. and they've become so knowledgeable and you have turnover of board members yes. who don't feel they've got the same you know, institutional knowledge. Yes. And so then you can end up with the tail wagging the dog I a agree. little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you seen it happen, Anne? Without naming any names. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, I have experienced that. And and I I don't think even some of the boards are aware it's happening for them. Yes. I think some people that have been in those long-standing positions, and you know, we know a number of organisations that will have had people there for a long time. They have a lot of control, and they're very competent. It doesn't yes. mean they're not competent, but it does mean that um, the, the governor's you know, are sitting on their hands a little bit and not a lot's being done. So I think you have to be very aware of that and you have to be quite strong. If you've got a very strong manager, you've got to um, know how to deal with that as a board in mm. a respectful way um, and kind of get the control back a little bit, perhaps. And so what do you mean by control? What is it that, as a governor, you need to be controlling? Yeah, so so by control, I mean you know, as a board member, you are there to drive the ship. You're there to look into the horizon and make sure that you are uh, uh, working towards the strategic direction of the organisation and be the people who 
actually set the budget and monitor the budget and set the direction and ensure that when you're making decisions, you're making them within the framework of your strategic plan. Just because a great new idea comes to your board doesn't mean you should do everything that comes to you. You should do you should do it within the lens of does this fit our strategic direction. That doesn't mean you can't do new things, but it means you have to consider it and deliberately make that decision about whether it fits within the direction of your organisation. Otherwise, before you know it, you're doing work that yeah. wasn't even on your original constitutional trustee. Yeah, and by yeah. that I mean your, institu- uh, your trustee and your constitution are your rules. It's the way yeah. you operate and why you're there, what your purpose is. One thing I think can be challenging for managers, though, and this is why it's so important that boards have the right sort of composition, yes. and you touched on that right at the beginning. Yes. Um, you know, one thing that can be problematic is you might end up with a board full of corporate minds yes. Yes. that have very little understanding of um, issues but, from a grassroots level, and exactly what you talked about, having a heart for yes. the issues and not buying into the rhetoric that yes. sometimes surrounds that. And it can be challenging when you have a board full of people who do buy into that rhetoric. Yes, yes. And they are the ones, though, that are still, like you say, steering the ship. Yes, yes. And they they, have, they put this corporate lens over it and everything's about profit. And, and you know, I think there's a little bit of a misconception that organisations aren't because we, we're seen as the not-for-profit sector, which is not really the way we like to be addressed. No. We like to be the for-purpose sector. But I think when you have corporate people on a board, it can mean that it's all about um, the business numbers. and the numbers <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and not actually the purpose of what you're there for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and But it's hard to measure purpose, isn't it? Oh, totally, yeah. totally. Um, and the other thing I just, when we were talking about managers, so you might have managers that are very experienced and have been there for a long time, but on the flip side of that, we have managers that become accidental managers. So they've been there for a long time, they know the organisation, but they're not actually, don't actually have perhaps the skill base to manage an organisation, but they become the manager and all of a sudden there's a lot of pressure on them to deliver Um, And often I think boards have to be very mindful of knowing we've allowed this person to become our manager and yet have we provided them the skills that they need. Well, I mean, that's that's basic HR though too, isn't it? That you're actually, as an employer and on the board, you are the employer. That's right. And people forget that a lot. We often, uh, in our governance training, we ask them who is the manager and they'll all go, oh, it's the CE and it's the manager. Well, it's not. At the end of the day, um, you are responsible for all facets of the organisation, including being yeah. an employer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that is, that is um, I think, critical. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, in your experiences, because you sit on more than one board, yes. can you tell me a little bit about the differences between the boards and, and the way that it's governed? Have you seen some differences? Yeah, so I think, um, so I, I, I'm on a board of a very grassroots organisation, And then I was part of um, supporting a new charitable trust become formed. Um, And it came from a, it's from an equity lens. So the the purpose of this organisation is to level out the playing field uh, in in an equitable way. Uh, So I was very lucky to be able to support them with the back office stuff, getting things Mm. organised, getting budgets in place, getting it onto an accounting system. And then I was asked to become a trustee after a number of years. Uh, And I feel very privileged to be part of that. But the difference with that organisation is you've got some very, very smart 
um, qualified medical professionals, perhaps you yeah. would say. Uh, so they have a very um, a very uh, clinical. Um, they have a lot of clinical knowledge, but perhaps don't have the same uh, kind of governance. governance yeah, yeah, knowledge. And so um, that's been really, really interesting because you feel like you're a bit of a fraud just sitting in amongst all these very, very smart, you know, uh, qualified people. Uh, and yet you do, you are able to sit back and say, well, actually, I can bring something to this board. Yeah. And, and that's why they asked me to be part of it. So I felt very privileged to be part of it. Uh, but it's a very, very different organisation. And their mahi is very different than the grassroots organisation yeah. that I'm part of. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find decision making happens um, the same sort of way, you know, with those boards, or is it quite different? No, because and, and because this board is is is, na- is a national board almost. Um, everyone is everywhere else throughout yeah. the country, whereas my grassroots organisation is obviously Hamilton based, so you meet it's face to face. Whereas when you are making decisions through teams or on on the net, there's not the same connection, yeah, um, and probably not the same water cooler conversations that you have when you're face to face with people um, but I also find with the group uh, the the national group they don't mess around you yep. know they don't they don't get caught up in uh, some of the discussion that you might have um, as mm. a as a grassroots organisation, they're very articulate, very succinct, make decisions quickly, yeah, um, and don't get caught into the into the detail. Mm. Uh, so it's you know very a very different board, very yeah. different, yeah. Now it's interesting you say that. I was just thinking about some of my experiences. I sit on. I think five or yes, six yes, at the moment, yes, yeah, yes. and they're all quite different as well. And the boards that are, have um, very established organisations, established systems, good financials, you know that kind of thing. Our discussions are actually um, very straightforward at board meetings, moving things through quickly, yes. and then um, having conversations about strategy. Yeah, and, and that's where yeah. that's where people need to spend their yeah. time. You don't want to spend time regurgitating the last but week's, the, last month's minutes with with the ones that are. Uh, not quite there. That's yes. exactly what happens. I know. And actually, you find you have to keep bringing people along um, yes. because often, like certain and at one of the boards I sit on, there isn't the same experience of governing right. around the table. So, That's right. yes. talking through that, yes. I, I actually reminds me a little bit too of I, I sit on a, a board, a national board with an individual who is old school. So this is an incorporated society. Yes. yes. Very old school um, individual who, you know, will say, all in favour, I carried, and he'll be like, mm, that's agreed, actually, because oh, it no. was a consensus. <laughs> <laughs> it's only carried, apparently, yeah. if you've got someone abstaining or someone said no, <laughs> it becomes carried. So, you know, yeah. But, you know, and I think also that, that um, the makeup of your board and how you operate, you know, you need to be very clear on that when you're when you're inducting new trustees. This is how we roll, like yeah. we, this is how we roll. This is what we expect of you. You know, we don't expect you to be asking questions about stuff that's happened. We don't want you to have read your papers. Yes. We want you to come ready, prepared to actually, as you say, Holly, have a strategic conversation because that's really what you're there for. Yeah. Yes, it's there. To, you're there to monitor, monitor and make yeah. sure you've got 
uh, good systems and processes to monitor. But if those systems are in place, then yeah, that, that's a done deal. It shouldn't be. I mean, for example, with community bycutter, I work, I, I meet with a finance committee before the board meeting, so mm. they are representatives from the board who support me to just over have an oversight of the accounts so that when they go to the board meeting the following month, uh, the following week, they're, they're, they're happy with what's getting presented. And they're able to answer those questions, Absolutely. you know. And yeah, uh, That's a really interesting point, though, that you make around monitoring, and that's exactly yeah. what it is, is that it feels to me that when it's new and it's... it's um, the systems aren't quite in place. Yes. Monitoring is actually all you can really do. Yeah, you don't yeah. actually get opportunities to do the strategy. That's you, right. It becomes an annual thing yes. rather than something that's interwoven yes. into your... You yes, know. I mean, if I look at the, the grassroots organisation that I'm part of, it's probably only now this year yeah. that we've actually been able to raise our eyes a little bit from yeah. from the day-to-day. Uh, and, and that's okay. That's fine. That We knew that uh, the new governance came on. We knew that's what we needed to do. And it's only now that we're really starting to be able to start to step back. Yeah. Well, try to step back and actually do the governing Um but yes, I think it's. Uh, I think it can be really derailing if you sit on a board where people are regurgitating stuff that's already mm-hmm. been discussed and they're not up with the play. Because yeah, yeah. Can you tell me about the risks of sitting on a board? Because you know we've we've heard a bit of that with some law changes and yeah. the likes and liabilities. And so, can you tell me a little about? Yeah. So, so I suppose remembering, you know, you uh, as governors, you are legally responsible for the organisation. So, an example would be if you sit at a board table and month after month you look at accounts and you have not got enough current money to pay your current bills and of course I talk from finance because that's my background Um, but if you sit there as board members every month and you clearly can see you don't have enough money in the bank to pay the bills and you do nothing about it Mm. that is when you can become legally responsible Mm. Uh, if you do something about it you've acted you know nobody would no one would penalise you you know a a court of law would not penalise you but as we know in the past there have been some very, very famous people in New Zealand who have sat on some boards, and and and, and I'm talking corporate boards, yep. who have put out prospectuses where they have said, please invest your money in us, knowing that they were insolvent and knowing that they were not a good risk. And those people did end up getting um, penalised yep. in the court of law because they knowingly sat on a board, gave incorrect information, yeah, and let people invest. So, I think you know, as a board member, what's important is you ask questions. If you don't get the answer, you ask more questions. Yeah. And if you continue to have information that's either financially too hard to read, or you're asking a manager a question, and you're not getting the answers mm. you need. You need to persist and say, "I yeah. have not and- had the answer to my question." Because it could be that that person's gatekeeping. I'm not saying they do, but managers who have been in positions for a long time want to keep things the way they want yeah. things. And it might be that they don't understand <coughs> enough, um, and that's why it looks muddled. And, no. and I'm just thinking, you know, we're not going to name names, obviously, no. but you have um, had to ask some really hard co- questions no. of somebody who is doing oversight of the finances before and yes. weren't getting the answers, no. but kept going back. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, people get stroppy. Yes, they do. And defence. But, you know, I think, you know, I think often uh, I think uh, you need to go with your gut. Too. Yeah. If something doesn't feel right, yeah. I bet there's other people on the board that don't think it feels right as well. Yeah. So I think um, 
you know, your role is to monitor, your role is to answer, uh, is to ask, ask questions and ensure that you are happy with the, can the you, way. Can you tell me, when, with regard to the finances, what kinds of questions would you ask? So uh, I would, uh, you know, f- for me, the most important document is our budget, you know. So how are we running against budget? It looks like we're over budget here. As long as your manager or CEO has an explanation, that's fine. Um, and, an, and, and an explanation of how to make the shortfall. That's right. And making sure you do things like that you tag your, your wages, uh, your accrued holiday pay, so that if for whatever reason you stop getting funding, you can still pay your staff out. You can pay the bills that will be owing after you close um, it's making sure that when you get grants that they're tagged on the balance sheet if they're for a specific purpose or they're for a year's operations making sure you have some good um, systems in place to monitor and remembering that you know, p- policies and processes are around just that they're not about people You yeah. know, it's removing the person from it so the process for authorising is to design, and yep. it, and and that if it's something to do with Holly, I wouldn't get Holly to authorise something to do with herself, as I wouldn't authorise anything to do with myself. Making sure you take the people out of the out of yeah. the picture and say this is the way we roll around here. We're not questioning you personally. This is the way we do things, mm. and then it doesn't become a personal thing. Uh, and I think that allows you the ability mm. to have things in place that keep you safe as an organisation. So that's around the sort of financial <coughs> policies. And, and if you are a governor of an organisation that has staff, so as a, as a board or as a committee, you employ the, the manager. Yes. And they tend to be the employer yes. of the staff. Yes. So how, what sort of responsibilities do governors have um, for issues happening at the... Um, lower staff level, yes. not the manager level. Yeah, so y- you need to ensure that you have a good performance management process so that you're doing regular appraisals with your staff. Um, any any issues with the staff's performance shouldn't be a surprise. It should mm. be something that's come it comes and is communicated through some process um, and remembering um, that as, as long as you have a manager that ensures those things happen, then you will be looking after your staff in a, uh, in a safe way. But also making sure that within your policies and processes, you have complaint systems mm. and, and, um, and a, like a whistleblowing policy, as in if Holly felt, um, or if I felt Holly was doing something wrong, not that you ever would, Holly, but we need to have a process. So I would have, we have a process where I would go to the chair and say, mm. oh, I just am not sure. Or if Holly was unsure about something that I might be doing, just mm. making sure you have a process that says it is safe to articulate and concerns to you have yeah. around your organization's safety. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, so, so getting that culture right at the board level yes. is quite key, isn't it? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and and making sure they know when when to come and when to come out. Um, I remember years and years ago having some governance members came onto a board uh, into a board that I was uh, working for, and they continued to come to me about things they wanted done. 
that's not appropriate. It's not appropriate for governors, all the governors to come in. There should be one person who communicates with the manager or the staff or the manager then communicates with the staff underneath because nobody can work for five or six bosses. No, um, but there's also a risk, isn't there, when the when you have a board member um, going around the manager yes. and working directly with the team. Yeah, and butting into operations. Yeah. You know, there's nothing worse than having someone come in because, you know, they are your boss, the governors, um, but having someone come in and, and as you say, come around the outside and come in and try and instruct you to do certain mm. things. It's okay if a governor chooses to come in and do operations, but at that point they have become a worker. They've become someone that says, I'm going to work with Anne yeah. on the financial policy or whatever it is. And then when they put their hat back on, it's clear rather than... Yeah, yeah. The, the line can be very grey otherwise, and it, and it is hard. If we go back to work being on a governance board of a grassroots organisation, yes. you on, you often come in as a volunteer yes. as well. So yes. a volunteer on the board, yes. which is different to volunteer in a community event, yes. and at that point you're actually accountable to, to the, the manager, manager rather than the other way around. Absolutely, yeah. And and knowing that you know yeah. when, when I when I go to this organisation that I spend a lot of time at, I'm very careful to say, well that. It's not for me to decide. Yes. It is for the manager to decide. Um, it's it's quite good to have that awareness as a governor because that adds to the richness of the discussions you'll yes. have at the board table. But being very clear not to go and make decisions on the behalf of your manager, you need to make sure that you um, you discuss things like that with that person so that they are on the journey with you to say, well, I've got your back, this is something I've noticed, is this something you think we could you know, mm. discuss or, or move on or make, take some action on? Because... Um, I think it is really, really disempowering for a manager who has go- who have governors that make decisions which mm. should be operational. I'm thinking because we're getting close to the end of our time, just a couple of minutes left. Um, you know, for a start, if, if anyone's listening to this and you are just joined a board, or maybe you're thinking about joining a board, and you're like, "There's a lot in here." Yep. Um, they can come to us for some governance training. Yeah, and, and, and I think I would encourage people, even if you just want to sit at a board table and just see how their their, their um, meetings run, um, I would really... Look at their balance sheet before absolutely. you agree to something. But I think also, um, you know, I, I think there's a real danger in our sector at the moment that we have a lot of older people on boards, and I think we have to allow younger people an opportunity to come and sit at our board table and see it's not as scary as you think it is. Yeah. What can I bring to this board you know and a lot of boards are looking for young voices they're looking for voices from the disability sector. they're looking for voices from the ethnic sector so you know there are really yep. there's places where you can give opportunities for people to observe mm. um, be really clear on what your induction process is what this is what it looks like this is what we'd expect of you because I think just demystifying what the expectations yeah, are totally. can be huge you know and of course there's the tick for governance <coughs> yes. so you can jump online it's actually you can access it for free at the moment it's 10 modules um, you actually get a micro credential for doing it jump on um, Community Networks Aotearoa website 
Um, you can see it there. It, yep. It's fantastic. I've done it. Yep. It's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Um, so there's that, but also community work. It's all yeah, runs so, governance. So we have we have a couple. So we have a short governance session, which is about a couple of hours. You can do that online or face to face. There is a longer governance session where it takes most of the day, and that also covers the financial, the fiduciary duty part of it, and all aspects of um, governing that stewardship, make self maintenance, yeah, uh, strategic yeah. direction, and stewardship. So, um, so if if you just want your governing board to just have a bit of an update, you can get someone in to come and do a couple of hours with your team, or you could come and do a whole day session. And I think it is really valuable. It is. It is easy. You get a good resource. You get some really good information. There's some really practical uh, exercises that are done as part of the uh, of the training that I think you would uh, find really valuable. So I'd encourage you to jump on our website if you were interested in even just having a chat with yeah. one of the advisors around. It's com- communitywaikato.org.nz. Check it out. That's us for another week. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Connect with Community Waikato, Free FM 89.0. For more episodes of this Community Access Radio Show, please visit freefm.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast possible by funding the Access Internet Radio Project.